I've, uh, I've heard there's a, a lunch after this, so um, goodbye, everybody. Oh, wait. Wait, what's that? Oh, the lunch is after the second service, so strap in. We're going to be here for a little bit. But good morning. I hope you guys have been doing well. Uh, it's good to see you again. It's been a few weeks since I've been here with you. Um, Pastor Justin's out in the Cincy campus, but our online group and our Bainbridge campus are going to be joining us this morning by simulcast. So welcome to all of you out there and welcome, you, welcome to all of you here this morning. I want to uh, give a special thank you to Pastor Steve this morning because he was kind enough to host our online campus. He's uh, the one that they saw, you know, giving them all their announcements and everything because after the last couple of times, they decided it was a little too much me for me to host and then say, here's me and uh, back to me now and like that. So uh, Steve did me a favor there and, uh, and did a good job with that. And before we sink in our teeth into the word of God this morning, I think we all need to get on the same page, okay? Because this morning's topic can be difficult and it can be exceedingly difficult for some of us, especially for the guys who are here this morning. You see, we've been studying rest. We've been studying what God's word has to say about rest. And Pastor Rick talked to us about work rest and finding that, that cycle of, of work time and time off. And then Pastor Justin taught us about relational rest last week. And, and this morning, we're going to look at another kind of rest. And, and that rest this morning is emotional rest. So guys, specifically, I just want to take a second and talk to you because I said the word emotional, and there are a few of us that are immediately like, nope, 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 don't have those, nope. Initiate mental checkout procedure and play internal monologue of football. And this is what we would be at for the rest of the day. Now, I want to avoid that this morning, and, and I want to give you a little bit of a, of a perspective of what I see from this side this morning. This is everybody's happy face. Here we are, good morning. I like to draw monkeys, so if you, know, if you see me illustrating anything, it's probably going to be in a monkey. This is our, all of our gentlemen in our happy face this morning, and I said the word emotional, and immediately I went to... <gasps> and then I kind of kept talking about emotions, and I can see like the sweat beating on your brows, and you're like, is this going to go on, go on for all day? And, and, it's, and it's ironic, because as guys... We like to pretend we don't have emotions, but this terror, <laughs> a very powerful emotion in and of itself. So before we really get into the word this morning, so that we can all kind of get through the next 30, 35 minutes, I want all the guys here to, uh, to pull out your man cards. You know what I'm talking about? That little imaginary card that we keep with us at all times, and it kind of defines what we think it means to be a man. I made an example. Here's my man card, blown up and personified, again with the monkeys, because, I mean, it's pretty much all I can draw. But this is my man card, and, and if we're not careful to take these man cards out every once in a while and kind of look over what it says, we'll find that on the bottom here, some weird stuff starts to get filled in, and what it means to, to be a man. See, this one says, manhood requires liking sports, barbecuing. Good spelling, which of course is spelled wrong, so that, yeah. Not showing emotions, it's right there. Is it on your man card too? Apparently it's on mine. Uh, hating shopping, loving action movies, driving fast, owning a hammer, never wearing pink, 
steak. Just no context, just steak. But this morning, I want you guys, I want you to remind you that even though this gets filled up with a lot of random stuff sometimes, we're in control of what our man card says. So, so for the next 30 minutes or so, can we all just cross this one off our man cards? Not showing emotions? Can we just give ourselves permission this morning to, to admit that we are emotional beings? Can we do that this morning? Because it's going to make the rest of this time be a whole lot better. We are beings with emotions. So I'm going to toss this to the side here so it's not a distraction. And then I want to I talk to us about the fact that we are complex, complex creatures. And God created us to be complex creatures. We're physical creatures with, with muscles, and those muscles need to rest because they break down and they're tired. And we are relational creatures that need to have relationships with one another and with God. See, God created man and said it's not good for the man to be alone. And at the time, God himself was with the man, and it shows us that we were made to have relationships. But we are also emotional beings. We get happy and sad. We get angry and we get frustrated, and sometimes we want to throw things and punch things. Sometimes we can't hardly contain it. And we get anxious and we get depressed and we get hysterical and we giggle. We are emotional beings. And when we get out of whack, when we get overwhelmed, when we need rest, our emotions can take us to a lot of places and our emotions can take us over a lot of cliffs. What is your definition of rest? When you think about resting, what do you think about? What comes to mind if you think about having a Sabbath? I mean, most of the time we think of doing something fun, or maybe nothing at all, which can be a lot of fun. Some people think of a stream or a, a lake and a fishing pole. For some, it's a store and, and shopping, maybe a, an antiques run or, or finding a new place to see some new things. For some, it's binge-watching a show that we haven't had a chance to catch up on. Most of the time, rest time is doing something inconsequential. It's taking time off, and all of that can be helpful in moderation. But when it comes to emotional rest, what if just having time off is missing the mark a little bit. You see, physical rest pretty much has to include some sitting down, right? So, some time of not working, maybe even taking a nap. But we can't just turn our emotions off. We can't just turn them down by, by taking time off from work. Have you ever had a bad day off? And I know a lot of people are thinking, hey, a bad day's off better than a good day at work, right? I've been there before. I've, I've had those times before as well. But we can have a bad day off. I want to give you an example from, from my own life. This is a true story. I like to fish. And for me, if I have some time off and I have the opportunity, I want to go and, and, and sit by a pond or, or sit by a lake and do a little bit of, of fishing. And I've gone fishing before and had everything go wrong and just been happy as a clam. 
My in-laws were down at uh, Shenango Valley State Park a few years back, and we decided we were going to go visit them. They were camping. We were going to spend a day down there. And I thought, oh, there's a, a lake there. I'm going to take my fishing poles. And I did. And I had caught a, a nice fish. I mean, a nice, a, a nice fish. I'll be honest. I caught a nice fish. And uh, they were camping, and they were like, hey, fish sounds good. And I said, OK, I'll keep the fish. So I put the fish on a stringer, and I, and I cast the pole back out. And I was sitting there for a minute, and I was kind of watching the fish in the water, and I was like, I don't think I really like how I've got the fish secured. I don't want it to get away. Like, I caught this fish, and I didn't want it to get free, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll fix that a little bit. And so I set my pole down, and I scooted up to where the fish was to kind of re-secure it, and, and I had stepped maybe one step away from the pole, and, and I reached down to kind of move where I had the, the stringer attached, and all of a sudden, my pole just jumped into the water. I mean, it like, into the water. And, and there was a moment where I was like, when did it learn to do that? And, and I went to go and reach for the pole, and then, vroom, it was gone. Just right out into the middle of the, of the lake. And there was a trail of bubbles coming up as far as I could see out into the lake. And the worst part about it was my fishing pole was leaned up against a tree with a lure on it. My wife's fishing pole that I had been using was now speeding off into the lake. And I tell you, I thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> like the timing of it was perfect. I knew I was going to have to replace this pole. I'm going to have to buy a new pole. I'm going to have to tell my wife I lost her fishing pole. Like who loses a whole fishing pole? Not just a, a lure or a hook. I lost the whole fishing pole. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She thought it was funny too. She didn't like that fishing pole. Then I've had other days where I've had a day off and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go up, and I'm going I'm to throw a pole in the water, and I'm going to see how this turns out, and I'm going to have you know, my restful day. And I swear, I got there, I walked down to the pond, I got all my stuff out, and I took the fishing pole, and I casted it, and the bobber I had on it flew off. It just like, plop over here, there's my bait, plop over there, there's the bobber, and it's floating off, never to be seen again. And I was mad. And I was like... Nope. And I packed up all my stuff, one cast, packed up all my stuff, and left. Same type of day. Day off, go fishing. Same physical rest. Completely different emotional state that I was in. I went home, and I was upset about a bobber for the rest of the day. Lost the whole pole, and it was the best thing that happened to me for a good week and a half because my emotional state was different. Because physical rest wasn't necessarily what I needed on that second occasion. I needed emotional rest. I was fried. I was already upset. That bobber was not something that made me that angry. That was just that last straw, that tipping point moment. And when we're out of sorts emotionally, just not working isn't going to get us on track. Just, just not going into work today is not going to do it. We need to not just unplug from our day-to-day, -day, but to plug in to the source of rest, which is, of course, God.
So we're talking about emotional rest this morning. We're going to spend a little bit of time in a, little bit, a couple of different scriptures, but our first is going to be Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. Now, if you have one of the chair Bibles beside you, page number 966 is where you'll find this passage. 966, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. The writer of Hebrews tells us this. He says, For only those who believe, sorry, verse 1, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared... I don't have that one. Okay. This good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Now, Hebrews tells us that believers are promised rest, God's rest, a rest he has prepared for us through Jesus Christ. And those of us who have put our faith in Christ are able to receive that rest, which in the big picture, that rest is heaven. In the long term, God created an unending rest in his presence for us. And I don't mean to imply here that, that heaven is a, a never-ending shopping spree or an unending, unending fishing trip and, and the fish are always, you know, yay big. Heaven will be so much more than that and so much better than that. But we can't wait until heaven to find emotional rest. Or we're going to have an awfully bumpy road until we get there. You ever heard the saying, I'll sleep, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead? I mean, that's, there's a lot of theological problems with that, right? But too often, don't we live our lives as if our motto was, I'll have all the rest, I'll have all the emotional rest that I need once I get to heaven? once I'm dead. And, and yes, that's true, because heaven will be a perfect place. And it'll be more wonderful than anything we can imagine. And, and it will be a place where we can find true rest in God. But in the meantime, are we just going to let our emotions run wild? We have to give ourselves the opportunity for emotional rest by unplugging from all of the influences that are out there and plugging into a rest God has prepared for us. And if we don't, we break down, we blow up, we get overwhelmed. Some of us crumble and, and curl up into a ball and, and we can't do anything, and some of us will, will yell and scream over the, the tiniest little problem or frustration or imperfection, the littlest inconvenience the littlest argument, the littlest failure or scrutiny, and those build up over time until eventually we just explode. Because we were far from stable for beforehand. Because we were so desperately in need of emotional rest. And the problem is that some of us have gotten so used to, to being on the brink and, and, and so used to, to being almost out of control that we feel like that's our natural state. 
but we've missed the warning signs. We don't recognize we're in the danger zone and we need emotional rest. The only place that we can find it is God. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, we're told this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you weary this morning? No surprise if you are. Is your burden feeling heavier and heavier and heavier? No surprise. We live in a wearying world. A world that likes to to gang up on us and and gnaw at us and, and tear us down. Are you as weary as I am this morning? You see, we need this. We need to come to Jesus and find rest. Now, if you're hearing me this morning, if you're here with us, if you're joining us online, wherever you are, if you're hearing me this morning and you are not a Christian, you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, it is my pleasure to tell you that there is rest and it's found in him. True rest comes from God and starts with knowing Jesus. You see, how can we have any kind of emotional stability? How can we have any kind of emotional security until that highest need that we have, forgiveness from God from our sins, is met? And that's met in Jesus Christ. If we don't have that, we can, we can try our best to, to build a, an emotional fortress around ourselves. We can look in any place that people say, go there and, and there will be rest, or, or do this, or, or meditate this, or, or whatever it is. We can try all of those things, and it's never going to work, because true rest comes from God and comes through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we still get weary, don't we? We still get laden with heavy burdens. Every day, every day, our limits are tested. Every day, our, our, our relationships, our, our people in our lives, our, our work, our, our disappointments, our failures, the insults people have for us, it's like shoveling heaps of coal onto us. It's like, it's like stacking us up with a heavy load until we're ready to snap. We need the same cycle of emotional rest that we do physical rest. We need to bring ourselves back to the cross, back to Jesus, back to God, routinely, regularly, before we get to that breaking point and that point where we're overwhelmed. We need to cast our stresses and our worries on God. I know we've talked about this passage before, but it's so applicable this, applicable this morning. If you would turn over to number 948, 949, you'll find Philippians chapter 4. And think about these words as Paul wrote, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about 
everything. Tell God what you need and, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, we use this passage when we, when we talk about anxiety. We've used this passage in a number of different contexts. And Paul specifically says, tell him what you need. In some passages, it says, don't be anxious about anything in some translations. But we need to bring more than just our, our anxieties to God to find rest with them. We need to bring all of our emotional worries, our emotional cares, our emotional burdens to him. God tells us, bring them to me and find rest. Christ did it. Think about that. How could we, how could we ask for a more manly example, right? The, the Savior of the world, Christ did this very thing. When he was in the garden, when he was, when he was in it, such emotional anguish that he was literally weeping blood, when he was so burdened by what was about to happen, he, he came to the Father and he said, look, I don't like this. If there's any other way, let's go with that, but, but your will be done, right? It's an example of Christ doing the same thing that we're called to do. He's finding these emotional burdens laid upon him and he brings them to his Father and says, I need your help. I need to... Find my rest with you. We can do that with him. Now Jesus, when he did it, when he gave us that example, he wasn't off fishing, right? He didn't hit Antiques Row going down uh, Main Street in Jerusalem. There's nothing wrong with those things, and we can find rest in those moments if our attention is on God. But... The best way is to set aside a specific time to be alone with our Savior and to bring our burdens to him. He found a quiet place. For him, it was a, a garden. And he had nothing on his plate except to come to his Father. What if we stopped considering the Sabbath rest that we need as just time off? And what if we thought, you know what, I literally have to carry all of these problems to God and set aside a specific time to say, I need this. Does God need us to come to him? It's for us. He listens to us, and he, he takes those burdens for our sake. We need that rest. We need to actively seek that that Sabbath with our emotional state, to come to him and plug in and say, this is where I'm at. This is my problem. This is what's vexing me. This is what's joy in my life. This is what I, I want to thank you for. Because God's blessed us with a wide range of emotions and we need all of them to come to him. <clears throat> We need to draw near to God and leave with him our, our stress and our anger and our sadness and thank him for all of the wonderful good things that have happened in our lives. 
And that's why the peace that Paul talks about here is a peace that passes all understanding. You see, we can endure much more than we think we can because we're not doing it alone. We can go through trials, troubles, emotional stressors that we would not imagine or anybody looking at us would imagine we can get through because we're not holding on to them ourselves. We're bringing them to God. We need to find that true rest. And one more scripture for us to consider this morning. In Psalm 46.10, we hear these words, and we hear them a lot. The psalmist wrote this. He said, be still and know that I am God. Have you heard that before? Be still and know that I am God. That's a great line. It really is. It's a great thought. Be still. Know that God is in control. But have you ever actually read through Psalm 46? Have you ever actually seen the context in which God says, be still and know that I am God? You see, the psalmist writes that as if he was embattled by enemies on all sides. He's got, he's got people coming at him. He's got enemies coming at him. He's got, you know, a siege underway. And God says, be still. I am the shield. I will protect you. Be still. Know that I am in control. We need a little bit more of that. Because I don't know about you, but oftentimes I feel like I've got that same siege going on in my life. And it comes at us in a lot of different ways. But one of the ways that that I personally can be vulnerable to this is emotionally. One of the ways that I find myself under attack is emotionally. Because just like a lot of guys, my man card says, don't talk about emotions. Don't confide in people of things that are bothering you. Don't, Don't let it show that you feel things. And that leads me down a path of isolation. And if I don't have the Sabbath rest I need, I have times where, I'll be honest, I'm the one who curls up into a ball and doesn't get anything done. I'm the one who just can't seem to function because I feel so overwhelmed. Maybe it comes out differently for you. But we need to have our Sabbath emotionally so that we can endure the rest of the day and tomorrow. We need to build in that cycle. We need to look ahead on our schedule and say, look, I am really, really going to struggle with Wednesday. I don't know why. Wednesdays are just bad. I'm going to struggle with Wednesday. And so on Thursday, I need to clear some time. Or Wednesday evening when that's all done, I need to clear some time. I need to be purposeful about finding that Sabbath rest in God. I need to be purposeful about about praying about all of these things that are going to be going on in my life and are going on in my life. We need to bring intentionally ourselves to Jesus because only there can we find rest. We need to bring our problems to Jesus because only in him can we find rest. And how do we do that? What is the best thing that we can do? It's to pray. 
And I know, I know that a lot of these emotional problems that, that crop up are problems that we have in other areas, right? It's, it's work problems that are heaped on us, or it's relational problems where a relationship's not going very well, or, or someone has, has hurt us, or offended us, or, or cut us deep somehow. We need to pray not just for the way we feel, but for the situation and the people who have got us to that position. And I know it's hard to do. I know it's hard to be just spitting mad at somebody and to come to God and say, I want to pray for them right now. It's not our natural inclination, is it? It's not our natural state to say, God, please, please bless this person. I don't know what name to use. Like, what's a really weird name? I don't want to say somebody's, please bless Bob, because Bob has been very mean to me lately, and have somebody here being like, I'm Bob. So insert uh, made-up name there. But we need to be willing to pray for those who are troubling us, who are persecuting us. I mean, that's a biblical command. Pray for those who persecute you. How about pray for those who make us really annoyed? You got a couple of those? Because those are some, some taxing relationships. Pray for those who make us feel extremely, extremely self-conscious. It is hard to pray for somebody and stay mad at them. Ever notice that? And that's a good thing. Because when we're bringing our problems, whatever form they're in, and we're praying about them, we're actually bringing them to God as we're instructed. We're actually starting that process of letting go of our anger, of letting go of our sadness, of our anxiety, of whatever the problem is, and laying it down at the cross, at Jesus, on God. That's where it starts. And that's how we find our, our Sabbath. That's how we prepare ourselves for the rest of the day, for tomorrow. That's how we recover from a, a particularly taxing event or, or week. How long has it been? How long has it been since we set aside the time not just to, to read our word and, and the, we read the word and, and not just to, to study a passage, but, but to actually say, this chunk of time, I'm going to take every distraction, I'm going to set it aside. I'm going to take all of these responsibilities, I'm going to set it aside. I'm going to say, I'm going to take this five minutes, ten minutes, however long it's going to take, hour, two hours, week, who knows. I'm going to take this time and I'm going to say, I purpose to bring all of these cares, all of these worries, all of this sadness, all of this trouble, all of these burdens, and give them to God. And I'm going to pray over those who vex me. And I'm going to pray over, over the sad of the situation or, or the way that I feel about this, and I'm going to lay it down at his feet. And as we do that, we feel it starting to go to him. And sometimes we pray with a troubled spirit like Christ did. Sometimes it's really difficult, but we're called to do it. And we're called to find that emotional rest that comes on the other side. I don't know about you, but I'm tired 
of living on the edge. I'm tired of having times where I, I, I blow up about something insignificant or I yell about something that, that didn't really make a difference because I'm just so fried from the day to day and I haven't taken that time in a busy schedule. How can we possibly take time to, to set apart time to just pray about stuff? I've got stuff I've got to do, right? I'm sure you've got stuff you've got to do. Well, let me tell you, we're going to do a whole lot of things a whole lot easier and a whole lot better when we are unburdened with all of these emotional problems by bringing them to God. Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do in a day. I have so many things that I have to get done that I could not possibly do anything but start my morning in four hours of prayer. I mean, that seems contradictory to what we would think, right? That, that seems like, what do you mean? You've got so much to do, you're going to set aside four hours to pray? Well, he understood. All of the rest of that, he's going to do it better. He's going to do it easier if he has first brought it to God, connected with him, rebalanced himself by letting Jesus do the work and take away those burdens and find his rest emotionally in God. Would you guys pray with me this morning? Father God, we, we all need you. We will always need you. For some, we need you for the first time. We need your forgiveness. We need your son. And for some, we come to recognize that we will every single day need to pour ourselves out to you. Father, we just ask that you would, you would help us to set aside that time before we reach the edge, before we go over the cliff. Because Lord, we want to be better men, better women, better followers of yours. And we're not going to do that unless we can plug into you. So Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of your son. And Lord, as we put your word into practice, Lord, we just ask that you would help us, that you would alleviate our burdens and our concerns. You would help us to, to pray for those who are troubling us, that you would help us to show love to them and in so doing glorify you. And Lord, we thank you again for all of these things in the name of your son. Amen.